Michael. Masha. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm pumped. Me too. That's good. Let's try and make this one snappy. Snappy. Well, we'll try. <laughs> try to be concise with it. But um, look, we are going to be discussing how much... Uh, uh, look, okay. There's... Let me go back. So, it's January... It's Veganuary, which we're going to discuss at the top of the show. But we thought it would be interesting and insightful to share how much we spend on food every month as vegans. And uh, for this specific show, we're going to be looking at the last 30 days of our spending history. Um, just to give Which you... I know nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't revealed any numbers to Marsha. So she's looking a bit anxious over there as she waits in anticipation. But I thought it'd be interesting just to share transparently what it looks like. Um, you know, we, we quite often we we hear from people that you know, friends and family, our audience that oh, eating a plant based diet is expensive, and we haven't actually sat down to quantify if it is more expensive. And that's not necessarily the whole point of the episode, but it's just more about um, it's a good opportunity for us to review our spending habits as well. Yeah. Um, as we kick off a new year and, you know, think about building more healthier habits. So there's that element from a selfish standpoint, but also just from a, to give you guys an idea of what to perhaps expect if you were to look to go into a plant-based diet. Um, before we get into the nitty gritty of our numbers, it's Veganuary. And yes, it is. I think we have been running the Minimalist Vegan for what, I don't know, five, six years, going into our sixth year. Yeah, and six years in March. Oh, there you go. And we have notoriously not really participated in Veganuary. So we are channeling our inner vegan, vegan activism and influence. And we just thought it would be fun to share some numbers from Veganuary, explain what it is. They're not sponsoring this show. Um, so full disclaimer, this is something we thought would be timely to talk about. So Marsha, did you want to... Explain to our listeners what Veganuary is and what it's all about. Yes, sure. So Veganuary is a UK-based non-for-profit that helps support people that are interested in trying a plant-based diet for 31 days, so the month of January. So they have a lot of resources. They have, you can sign up. So the main thing is for people to sign up and participate. So I think a lot of people like to do it with others so that they can get that support. They have a bit of a support network around them. So whether it's friends or family, or they can join an online community, which is through their Facebook group um, and you sign up through their website. So we did that the other day just to see what would happen and you know what information we would get and they've got lots of information and and blog posts and tips and tricks and stuff on their website but you can also then identify when you'd like to start so you can start right now you can start in seven days or you can start at a custom date so that way it's more flexible Um, and then they send you emails every day with information guidance meal plan so yesterday I received an email with a celebrity cookbook, a budget meal plan, and just a starter kit in general as to how to um, help you transition to a plant-based diet. And then today's email was also, um, they showed three different, so you've got low calorie, 
uh, vegan meal plan, medium calorie vegan meal plan and a high calorie vegan meal plan. And I imagine that going forward, they will also give you different um, and there was a shopping list as well included in that. They give you different resources depending on how you choose to eat. And it's all around plant-based. Wow. So, yeah, that sounds pretty comprehensive. Yeah, yeah it's pretty interesting. Um, and I think that it started off in 2014. And since then, they've had 192 different countries participate in wow. it. And they've had over a million people sign up to it since 2014, which is pretty awesome. I've got an, an additional stat on top of that. So this year, in the first week of January, they had... Just over 500,000 signups. Oh, wow. Um, so last year, so January 2020, they had 400,000 for the whole month. So they're already broken that record in week one. So a million signups in, in six years or six or seven years is one thing, but to see the momentum now in the most current um, yeah. events is pretty, pretty remarkable. And I imagine maybe next year it'll be one million people that sign up in just, you know, a couple of weeks. That'll so that's awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just a couple of other things they have help influence 1,200 products and menus for the launch of the each camp, well, for last year's campaign in particular. Yep. Um, so that means, you know, they've probably gone around to different cafes, restaurants, uh, shops and sort of said, you know, we've got this vegan event happening. Do you guys want to add more vegan things to your menu so that people can try it and make it more accessible for others when right. eating out and also shopping? So that's pretty cool as well. Um, and on top of that, um, 600 businesses took part in it last year as well, okay. which is pretty great. I imagine a lot of those, um, because they are UK based, that they would probably push it more in the UK. Yep. But, you know, we've, we've heard about it since I think we became vegan, but we've just never, in terms of what Michael said before, in terms of participating, it's not us, obviously we're vegan, so it wouldn't make a difference to us, but it's more so supporting them and sharing that message to other people. So this is the first time that we're talking about it and we hope that some of you actually, even though it's already mid-January, you can start it at any time. So you can start it tomorrow, the next you know, couple of days, in a couple of months, when you feel ready, when you've got your friends yeah, because on board. I, I, on that note, I mean, for a long time, I thought it was just something that was restricted to January. Yeah. And But to see that, yeah, obviously it's a resource that's available all year round. It's, it's really great. I mean, so you can sort of psych yourself up and mark a date in the calendar, mm. uh, whatever's most relevant to you or when you can get maybe some people you know to participate with you and line that up. I think that's a really great way to um, keep yourself motivated and accountable to try out veganism for a full month. And I just wanted to say as well, like we're huge advocates for challenges because we've written a very detailed guide on how to go vegan and a, a two-part uh, and transition series that we posted on our podcast. I forgot the episode numbers, but we'll link to them in this episode's show notes. But um, we talk often about the three different ways to transition to a vegan diet. And one being uh, immediately, that's the path that Marsha and I took. We became vegan overnight after watching a documentary called Earthlings. But that type of drastic change is not for everybody. There's people who do it gradually over time, slowly introduce more plants into their diet or slowly remove animal products from their diet and they gradually become vegan um, over months or years even. Um, and then there's people who start by trying a challenge, whether it's a five or seven day challenge or 
a 30-day challenge. And I think this is probably the best of both worlds because you can just focus all of your attention in a defined period of time. And then when you get to the end of the challenge, you can decide whether you want to continue because you've already developed the habit. So, you know, although we haven't talked about Veganuary in the past, I think it's a resource we're going to be sharing more and more uh, just because of how approachable and how comprehensive the program is. And of course, it's free. So Yeah. And I think, you know, probably from a marketing perspective, I think they've targeted January's because it's a new year. That's right. New Year's resolutions. And I imagine there's a lot of people out there that want to incorporate more plants into their diet. And if they hear about it earlier, you know, they can include that as part of their New Year's resolution. Yes. So, um, and I think with everything that's going on in the world and many people are spending more time at home and cooking more, you know, this is a really good opportunity for you to be able to get into the kitchen and experiment with different things rather than, oh, I don't have time for that. You know, like if you're working from home, you can take a lunch break and cook something from scratch much easier than if you're out on the go and just need to grab a quick bite to eat. So for sure. Yeah, it definitely helps that way too. It, it, that, it, absolutely. And I, I did join their Facebook group, their 2021 Facebook group, and I was really blown away, away by the activity and also just the positivity mm. uh, in the group and people posting really quality questions and answers. Like there's just a lot of support there. Yeah. So I think if you're going on this journey alone, I think that type of resource is invaluable just yeah. to um, get your questions answered. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Is there anything else you want to add to to that segment before we get into the topic of the show? No, no. I think I think you covered it well. Um, yeah, I think we'll we will try to leave as much information as we can. I suppose in this uh, podcast episode, like the post on our website and in the show notes, so you've got quick and easy access to participate in Veganuary and even some transition tips from our content as well. So. Uh, I don't know. We just want to make sure that you guys are aware of it. If you, if you, and not only aware of it, but also understand what you what get. Yeah, because yeah. I think for the longest time, for me, it's like cool. Like, what happens when you sign up? Mm. Like, there was a bit of um, ambiguity around it, and that can be a little bit off-putting. I can imagine if you don't know what you're going to get. But I think, um, hopefully, now that we've explained the process, yeah, um, it, it might just give you that extra bit of encouragement to try and how it out much of an impact it's making around the world that's which right is pretty cool yeah. yeah all right that's good well then so let's get into it then yes so michael how much did we spend on groceries oh gee you're not month? you're not wasting any time are you i see <laughs> my wife wants to know she wants to know the numbers okay so um a couple of things i want to preface this with is we're taking the last 30 days so we're partway through January and partway through December. Here in Australia, that's basically the middle of summer and holiday season. So (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we've lived a pretty extravagant lifestyle in the last 30 days um, Uh (laughs) with, with, with our holiday festivities. But we factored that into this as well. We want this to just be real honest numbers. Now, these are not estimates. I've literally gone back... We use an app called Pocketbook, which basically goes through all of our bank transactions and categorizes them into into spending um, categories. So I've gone through and made sure that everything's been allocated correctly. Yeah. And we're going to be looking at food in general. So this includes both eating at home and eating out. And I've also gone ahead and sort of dug up some data on, you know, how much we're spending 
on groceries from like just your conventional supermarkets versus sort of farmers markets, health health food stores, bulk stores, and things of that nature as well. And yeah, drum and ro- drum roll, please. And and just <laughs> my God, I'm positioning this so much. Clearly, I'm nervous. And um, <laughs> just keep in mind that we are recipe like professional recipe creators so we do buy we do tend to spend a little bit more on food just to make sure we have enough for testing recipes um which we'll get into a little bit later as well and how that factors in so let's get into it now oh all the all of the money that the numbers are going to be in australian dollars because we're australian and it's just too hard for us to do currency conversions even though we know we have a global audience so um i will reference some usd conversions where i can because i know a large portion of you are from the us okay michael let's get in okay all right so our total spend in the last 30 days comes to one thousand two hundred and fifty five dollars and thirty five cents for two 32 year old adults and a dog so <laughs> How, how how do you feel about that when you hear a twelve $1,250 figure? probably what people spend for a family of five or six people. <laughs> probably. I mean, look, in as you know, as Michael has prefaced it, but I also want to say that we don't really budget for food. Like as in we just, we spend because that's, we don't really buy other things. That's right. So that's for us is like we don't really go out much. We don't. And if we do, it's mainly free things, you know. So yeah. I guess the bulk of our budget, we don't buy clothes much. We, you know. Yep. So food is really important to us and that's where we like to allocate our money. But that's not surprising to yeah. me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – so what is that? That's like uh, – It's about – It's just over $600 – each per month yeah so of that twelve hundred dollars we spent a whopping three hundred and seventy four dollars on eating out in the last 30 days okay so that's a huge factor um yeah that's a big number for us it's a massive number so obviously december was big Mm. for that which we had a lot of fun feel like we go out and eat much no no but i think it's just a few you know we went to a cafe for lunch some thai foods the odd pizza here and there yeah um and it adds up pretty quickly and and i think that's the first thing that we want to sort of be very transparent about is generally speaking i found that um eating vegan food out Mm. has been more expensive than non-vegan food yeah like you know but by the time you factor in like a you know, some of our favorite cuisines, well, like, like cafe food and Thai food and well, stuff. Well, yes and no. Like, I think it depends where you go. Like, if you go to a nice place that has good quality, let's say, meats and stuff on their menu, they're going to be just as expensive, if not more. So, I think it just depends. Yeah. You know, like a burger's a burger. It's going to cost just as much money. That's true, actually. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, okay. So if I look at it, so if I and go chips get and pizzas, if we go get a burger and more. chips, mm. it's going to range between fourteen and eighteen dollars Australian per burger. Per burger, yeah. Which actually, if you look at it, that like you might go to and a that's burger like a joint good quality place. Yeah, yeah, actually, and then the burgers, the non-vegan burgers, are are going to be a little bit more expensive. Actually, more often than not, or around the same price. Same with pizza, same with, you know, Thai cuisine and all of that. But we did spend a lot on food, eating out and takeout in the last month. 
um I think a lot of that was around a YouTube channel too <laughs> and some long work days. Yeah, it's and like we're making food but it's not quite ready and it's 4pm yeah. and we're starving. Yes. And so it's like, okay, let's quickly get some takeout to pull us through. And we live just a bit too close to the city as well. Two minute drive. Two minute drive, which is definitely <laughs> a challenge. So anyway, this is a good wake up call for us going into January. Yeah. Um, so well, didn't we make a pact on the 9th of Jan- 9th of Jan, you said, okay, this is the last time we're going to have takeaway until the 9th of Yes, I did say that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on. Yeah. So maybe we should do this again later on in the year. <laughs> um, so to break that up, so we've so the total food spend, we spent 70% on groceries and 30% of our budget has gone to eating out. I've got some other notes here. So this is, and we're going to give you an example of um, somebody else who's published their spendings report on how much they typically spend on a vegan diet, which is a lot more affordable than what we've presented. But again, we just want it to be very live and like real, like real time. This is what's happening. You know, we yeah. haven't cut any corners here or try to make this look better than what it is. So a couple things to note. We spend a ton on this particular type of plant-based milk. I haven't gone through and identified how much we've spent in the last 30 days, but we buy this um, this soy milk called bonsoy. And we only buy it because we like having it with like our hot drinks at home. So mainly with coffee. It froths beautifully. Like the frothing yeah. is just, this is the most... Super creamy. It's, look, I feel like a complete hipster. Like this is completely over the top. But this this milk costs four dollars ninety per one liter, right? And that's in the supermarket. That's in the supermarket. Yeah. Um, this stuff is premium. This is the milk that we will basically decide if we're going to go to a cafe or not if they have this milk, mm. right? Because yeah, since we became vegan, well, even when we weren't vegan, we didn't really drink much coffee actually. But it's just so creamy and it just works so Neither well. Neither of us drank coffee until. Probably two years ago. There you go. So that's one thing that we want to say is that that is incredibly expensive. Now, I did some research on this. Now, sometimes we we get it on sale. When it, when it's on sale, it's how much? Three dollars eighty. Three fifty's been the cheapest. Three fifty. Yeah. And if we see it at three fifty, we grab like a full carton. Yeah, we don't muck around. And it's interesting. You look at local um, Facebook groups like vegan Facebook groups, and they're really supportive in letting you know when particular things are in stock in supermarkets. It's like you've got like... You mean on sale? Uh, on sale, sorry, when things are on sale in supermarkets. But no one ever posts when bonsoi is on sale. It's yeah. like that stuff is too precious to tell the community about. Because then it'll... like Exactly. By the time you'll be checking all the supermarkets <laughs> locally to try and find it. Exactly. But I wanted to do a comparison to some other milk. So if we wanted to save some money... One, we could make our own plant-based milk, which we have in the past, but also just like the other milks, like oat milk or the other soy milks or anything like that are are far cheaper. Soy milk is like the trickiest one to actually make at home. I mean, I would if it, you know, if it wasn't soy, like we could make oat, we could make coconut, we could make any nut milk at home easy, but it's just not the same. It's not the same. When you're trying to froth it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I can use it for everything I know, else, I know. It's but so coffee, specific, it's yeah. like it's no thanks. such a specific use case. But um, so your other soy milks, right, that are not bonsoi, would be about two dollars fifty, two dollars sixty per liter. So it's half the price. Oh wow! Now get this: organic full cream milk, which we used to buy before we were vegan. Yeah. How, how much do you think it is per liter? Five fifty. A dollar ninety. Sorry. Organic full cream milk. $1.90 per litre. 
Really? You heard me correct. I swear it used to be much more than that. Yep. Subsidies, bro. A dollar ninety per liter. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Bonsoy, four dollars ninety per liter. No. Organic it didn't full used cre- to be that much. Which brand are you talking about? This is Coles organic full cream milk. Ah, uh, okay. Full fat. Coles, full fat. Okay, so if you're not Australian, Coles is like one of our major supermarkets yeah. here. So it's like probably similar to like I don't know, Sainsbury's in the UK or Trader Joe's, Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> Probably <laughs> like Trader Joe's yeah. in the US. Yeah. So they have now their own brand, but I don't remember it being that ex- that Dollar cheap. ninety, yeah. I think it's reduced drastically. Yeah. But that's okay. that's the research. That's so interesting. So that that is um definitely a huge cost for us is the milk part. But let's let's continue. I've got some more notes here for. Proteins, we, we normally buy a lot of legumes, um, dry in bulk um, or sometimes canned as well. And then we also buy firm tofu. So firm tofu runs at a $5.35 for 500 grams uh, at just the recommended retail price. And um, I was trying to put this in context. So like, okay, so that's a good round number. If we was to compare that to like organic, and we do buy organic as well, so that drives our prices up. But if we were to buy organic rump steak, we're looking at about fifteen dollars per five hundred grams, as opposed to five dollars. But is that 35. one of the? Well, I guess you know we're buying organic, so that would be premium. Is that organic? Rum? That's right. Beef. That's right. Okay. Fifteen dollars per five hundred grams. First expensive. It is. Then you've got chicken breast fillets, fifteen dollars thirty-seven per five hundred grams. Again, organic. Again, organic. Yeah. Um, and then you've got beef mince, which is cheaper at eleven dollars per five hundred grams, but that's still double the tofu. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, and and those are things that we, I mean, we would have eaten before we were vegan as well, and we would have been buying. Like this is relative to our spending habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I only bought organic meat before we became vegan. Free range eggs or organic free range eggs. It's been a long time since I've looked at They're the price. Expensive as so well. that's eight dollars ninety five for a twelve pack. So. Okay. But I think we used to pay anywhere around ten, eleven, twelve dollars for the large size eggs for twelve pack. And yeah. we used to go through a few cartons per week. Yeah, um, two about one to two cartons a week. Yeah. So when you break down your meats, your fish, your eggs, like all your poultry, it gets very expensive compared to sort of your be- your like your your beans and legumes. Uh, oh, and your tofu and it's, it's quite cheap it's cheap. very cheap in comparison so that i feel is a win so the milk we're getting completely owned but in um those categories it seems that we are saving money cheese i have that's one thing i did not look at because i'm wondering in terms of dairy i mean but we don't but the thing is we cheeses. don't buy vegan cheese very often like compared no, to how much we okay. bought i see you dairy cheese direct comparison yeah exactly to... like we bought just normal cheese all the time. Yeah. Hulumi, cheddar, you name it. But since becoming vegan, we don't really buy. Like we do every now and then, but nowhere near as often as we yeah. did before. Um, the ice cream. Now, this is a bit of a situation. So, again. Ice cream in the last couple of years has exploded in the vegan. It's insane. Like the options. It's yeah. Your eyes just like, okay, it's, which one It's am starting I to take over the, the whole ice cream aisle. Yeah. So, 
At least it is here. Yeah. Now, we, in the last 30 days, ice cream has played a big role in our lives here. Uh, mainly in, in the yours. summer. Yeah, mainly <laughs> mine. So that's one thing I'm definitely cutting out moving forward. Um, but... Okay. I mean, cutting back. Cutting let's back. be honest. Yeah, yeah. You're cutting not going to cut it out. <laughs> I'm very passionate about ice cream. But this, this whole plant-based ice cream thing is getting out of control. So we've got... I just thought to compare like a brand that sells like a plant-based version, right? Okay, so be, same, yeah. Like Magnum. Yeah. All right, so everyone is pretty universally aware of what a Magnum is. So Magnum, the dairy Magnum is $2.10 per 100 mils and okay. the dairy-free one is $2.59 per 100 mils. So even Magnum have said that, okay, we're going to price our plant-based version up higher, 50 cents more. Yeah. 100 mils than our normal one so i thought that was that gives you an indication that you're already paying premium for plant-based ice cream um if that's something you like i to mean eat. it's interesting as i said like it used to be like it's exploded in the last couple of years but buying ice cream once upon a time was really like vegan ice cream was really expensive i mean you can still get some brands but i remember when i worked in a health food store this was maybe four five years ago and you you couldn't find it a in the supermarket they'd only really have sorbet yep and the health food store is really the only place where you could find like maybe a vegan ice cream that wasn't even that great for like 19 dollars yeah. for a small tub yeah i mean you still get that of some random sort of niche brands but it's definitely much more accessible it's come down a lot it for sure used to and I guess obviously the bigger players, the bigger companies that I guess at the end of the day, you don't really want to support because of, you know, like you're still supporting their other products and brands and giving the money to the wrong people. So we try and support more local brands that are completely vegan when we're buying ice cream as well. But mind you, we there's always one or two that are on sale. So we yeah. try and go for those ones. Um, they can be on sale for like up to 50% off yeah. sometimes. So yeah. that certainly helps. And if sometimes if we're like, if it's not on sale, we're just not buying it this time. Yeah. So yeah, it's really interesting. But but yeah, it still goes to show that it's, um, it, it's like the dairy part of this. Like, so you've got the milks and mm. the ice creams. I haven't checked cheese, but seems to be more premium on the plant-based side. I'd say um, cheese now yeah. is becoming, again, depending on which brand. Like when we saw Miyoko's cheese, which is an American brand, all you American guys will know who I'm talking about. Her cheeses were really expensive in the supermarket. Mm. And it was only there for like a month because they just weren't selling them yep. because they were just too expensive. But mainly speaking, like, but she's got a good product and it's premium mm. for a reason. Um, got really good ingredients and everything. And if you're looking at like locally made vegan cheeses, again, they're going to be premium. But like the store-bought uh, shredded mozzarella or cheddars and all of that sort of stuff, I'd say they're in comparison to the organic normal cheeses that you would buy because yeah. cheese can get quite expensive as well. Yeah. So like for instance, there's one particular cheese that we've found out that we quite like and that's like for a – a smallish tub, not tub, but like a, a block, it's $6. Mm. And I believe that like a block that same size of any organic cheese would be about the same or even 
a little bit more expensive. More. Yeah. So about seven fifty, I would say. Yep. So I think in that way, it's a bit more of a comparison. But cheese again, is cheese. Cheese is expensive regardless. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So. But then you can get some really cheap dairy cheese. You know what I mean? Yeah. Large mass scale sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know so. Yeah. Um, I mean, on anything in any pretty That's much true. anything like yeah. the 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 milks, like even for us, like we choose to buy bonsoy because yeah. we really like it for a specific purpose. Yeah. But we could go much cheaper, but that's probably one of the more, unless you're looking at like hazelnut milk or macadamia milk or something yeah. like that, they're like seven, eight dollars per liter, which is crazy. Yeah. But bonsoy is one of the. And believe me, we've ones. tried. We've yeah. tried to. We've tried, we've tried basically all the milks in the market, and it's just, it's just not frothing the coffee like you want it to. So. On just the taste. It's like just, it's, yeah. And the ingredients as well. You want quality ingredients. Yeah. Even when we'll, you know, we had plans to move into Slovenia. I was freak. I was freaking out, wasn't I? I was like, what, do they have bonsoi there? Like, and you're like, but there'll be another brand. I'm like, but. <laughs> but will it be the <laughs> yeah, same? Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't care about other brands. Just give me bonsoi. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so that, those are some notes. Like, clearly, like, we, by eating out less in the next 30 days and reducing the, the ice cream situation will significantly change the numbers here. Um, but again, this, this gives you just a live example of, of what we spent in the last 30 days. And, um, I, and again, that's like us not being mindful of how not, much not we're all. spending. If we're being in mindful. Fact, in fact, this has probably been the most excessive 30-day yeah. period of spending. Yeah, mi- so don't take this as like this is how much they spend every month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just... Um, but like, you know, us pushing the limits here, it goes to show just, you know, how much you can spend on a plant-based diet. I've, I have another example before I let you take over. So I found somebody, I d- she didn't write down her name, but the website is IamGoingVegan.com and her breakdown was $500 on groceries for the month. Now this is 500 USD, which works out to be about 650 Australian dollars. For one person? No, no, no. Okay. For her and her partner. Okay. So that's half what mm. we spent. Mm. Okay. But let's look at some some of the reasons. So this is a pretty like frugal approach. Yeah. She made one of her first points she made, and I'll link to this article in the show notes as well. She doesn't buy ice cream. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> Go figure. You know. <laughs> so that's one thing. She doesn't buy any ice cream. She doesn't eat out. Okay. Okay. So that wipes out. So think about that. So, so it's like then we're comparing. It might be like a three hundred dollar difference for the full month if yep. we weren't eating out. Correct. Yeah. Um, she doesn't buy any expensive milk. Okay. So she always so buys that's like a hundred. Yeah, yeah. So she buys like really affordable plant based milks. Yeah. Oat milks, things like that as well. Yeah. Um, she doesn't buy organic. She actually went out of her way to say, you know, it's too expensive. She doesn't buy organic. Okay. She buys frozen vegetables, fruits and veggies over fresh where possible. Okay. And we're probably the opposite ratio in this household. We yeah. buy everything fresh. Mainly. Uh, well, mainly. Yeah. When Unless we can. it's like peas and corn. Yeah. And spinach for your spinach stew, but that's really it. That's it. Yeah. So she's buying non-organic frozen, which is very cheap compared to organic fresh. Yeah. And... um. There's no reporting on like alcohol or anything as well. So when you think about it that way, that's actually a lot of money that she spent. If you're going like the cheaper alternatives, the not eating out, you know what I mean? For that $300 difference, that's actually, in my opinion, you know what I mean? 
Well, well, yeah. I mean, but I think if you like, I mean, if we applied all these rules to our budget, would would easily be in the same range. Ah, oh, easy. So I think I think even if you did buy organic, you could mm. probably get close to this yeah. and what she's doing. Yeah. But I just think it's really interesting. Like when she's breaking it down, it's like, um, you know, I look at this and I think vegan or not. These are some rules that are probably going to cut your budget way down. Yeah. I think this, when it comes down to it, you know, really comes down to it, it's just those decisions on the animal based products. Mm. And what I'm seeing is that your proteins are going to be far cheaper, far, far, far cheaper on a vegan diet. But your dairies is where things are going to balance out the other way. So if you're like substituting to what you used to have before you became vegan, I mean, we used to spend more money before we became vegan. Oh, for sure. So I think there's this whole misconception of like, you know, veganism is only for wealthy people or for um, people that can afford it or that, you know, because I think it's become this elitist type of situation Yep. where I think that if you're frugal and if you're not buying into all of these new products that are out on the market... So all of the mock meats, the mock, you know, like if you're swapping out from what you had before, I think you can easily eat quite cheaply. Well, for sure. I mean, we've got our examples is about $630 per person for the month. Yeah. Um, Australian. Yeah. And this girl's example is half that, $320 per person. Yeah. Australian converted, right? I've seen some examples. So I've gone on some forums and things and, you know, you've got students who are at the $150 mm. range USD or $200 uh, range USD mm. um, based for on the, the thing. Yeah, for yeah. the month, based on what you've said. Yeah. Um, they've got nothing like just canned stuff, nothing processed or bulk or, you know, make their own milks, that type of stuff. A lot of meal prep, but, uh, you know, a lot of their cooking and stuff is quite routine and repetitive and you know what I mean? Bulk. Bulk. Like, you know, stuff. you can, like, if we just lived off, like, red lentils in bulk and rice or beans and rice, you know what I mean? There's definitely some some ways that we can save significant amount of money. But back to your point, but this whole idea of, like, um, people automatically thinking, oh, well, I can't eat plant-based. That's just really expensive, right? Because I think what people are seeing is this, this new innovative vegan cheese that comes out and they're seeing the price tag of that. Yeah. And then now saying that, oh, okay, now all of this food is expensive, when we're not looking at some other factors. But I feel like this is the mentality of people a few years ago and how when really when veganism started to pick up and you started to see more products on the shelves Mm. and there wasn't as much competition and so vegans didn't really have a choice in terms of what they can buy and it was quite expensive on that front. So I think that the more brands that come out, the more products that come out, there's more competition. Therefore, they need to be strategic as how they price their products so that they can stay afloat, you yeah. know, so that their products actually make it through the first one to three years of being alive and being out there. So I think that's a really important thing to factor in is how veganism has come a long way and also even on that note like how you were saying that they see all these products but you also see a lot of celebrities all of these influencers posting like their smoothie bowls with like spirulina reishi mushrooms and you know all of these superfoods and then you look at that one bowl and it's like 
10 to $20 for just that one meal. Yeah. So I think we've got to be mindful also of where we're getting that information from. Yeah. Who is posting that? Yeah. Like, yes, that's healthy, but at the same time, 99.9% of the people are not going to be eating something like that. That's kind of more for show mm. and to, to make something look pretty. Mm. Like, there's no... Like, I wouldn't... I'm trying to be quite healthy and I don't even want to be eating because it does add up. Yeah. So, that's also a really important point to note is who you're getting... Like, who are you getting this information from and what are you looking at to get that yes. equivalent to? For sure. And I, and you just reminded me, I think we, we published a post la, late last year-ish um, around a simple vegan grocery list for beginners. And I'm pretty sure in that post, we talked about developing a grocery list based on your goals. So whether it's health, then you've got a different set of goals altogether and the things that you're looking out for versus environmental, where you're trying to save as much plastic and wastes versus just budget. Yeah. And your, your, your grocery list is going to change significantly based on what your goals are, mm. vegan or not. Um, but... But and I do. You can tie some of those things together, like zero waste and budget. Can you know, depending on what it is. Yes. Like herbs and spices, for instance, they're much cheaper to buy in bulk, but then you're also reducing your waste because of that. Yes. So there's we'll we'll talk about a few tips in a minute. Yeah, we yeah. will. And I think because um, I want I want you to because I know you did a bit of um, digging around with this whole idea of veganism being classed as this elitist sort of entitled diet that only rich people can afford. And I know you've got some things you want to share on that. But before we go there, I just... um And Marshall, I've lost my train of thought. So <laughs> why don't you actually just kick off with, with what you found? Yeah, that's okay. So, I mean, even just when you think about it, some of the, the countries where vegetarianism alone is most known is countries like India. Mm-hmm. Ethiopia, uh, Jamaica, Israel, and okay. and Singapore as well is becoming quite well known for vegetarian food. Really? And so, yeah. There you go. So it's interesting, like we've, most of us know that, you know, 20 to 40% of, of India's population is vegetarian, whether it be because of their financial situation or for religious purposes. It's just, it's interesting to see that that there are countries out there that probably don't have the finances but have always lived a certain way because of that. And so to like say, and you know, they still do eat dairy, so that's not even going completely vegan. To say that it's expensive to me kind of seems a bit comical to me. So it's just interesting, like my, my dad's been vegetarian my whole life. My mum's been vegetarian and vegan on and off my whole life as well and she was vegan for a period of time when she was our age and you know like you could get tofu that was probably the only like vegan protein that wasn't your beans and legumes and so it was mainly what they would mainly eat was rice Mm. any type of wheat product so obviously your breads your pastas cereals and all of that fruits and vegetables nuts and seeds and um, beans and legumes. Simple. And, you know, tofu every now and then as well. So, like, if you want to eat quite basic, 
those things and if you're not buying organic and whatever and buying in bulk this can be a really affordable diet for you Mm. and you don't have to eat all of these new products that have come out yes it might make it easier for you but you can also get creative as to how you make food yes so all of that to say is that a vegan diet at its core at what it represents without the swaps and you know i think because it's trying to become more approachable to people which Mm. i can completely understand Mm. and relate to you know you want people to be able to swap things easier rather than feel like they're missing out on it Mm. Um, but at its core like a whole food plant-based diet is actually quite affordable for sure so i think that people forget that and also another point to make is that until we start shifting the way that governments work, it's going to be very tricky to compare yourself with the dollar ninety litre milk that you mentioned mm. earlier, how you were saying with the government subsidies, mm. which is totally true. The meat and dairy industry is subsidised by the government in a lot of different countries, mm. so they can afford to be cheaper. So it would be interesting to see the actual price of these products mm. if they weren't subsidised. They would probably be more expensive than their plant-based counterparts. For sure. So I think if at one point, if that started switching, which we all hope that it does, that the government starts subsidizing, you know, produce, nuts and seeds, and even vegan products themselves to help show people that it's more, that it can be affordable and that, you know, obviously to support people transitioning to a vegan diet, because also the environment, you know, like if they talk about climate change and all of that and trying to implement all of these bands of plastic and stuff, why is veganism and plant-based eating not at the top of their agenda to try and subsidize to make it more affordable for people to eat? Yeah. It just, it's puzzling to me. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of like where I'm at with all of that. Yeah. And I think it's a, a really... You know, that's a really good point to make. And I think we've said this on the last podcast episode, but I know in, in some cultures, it's like, it, it's buying meat's expensive. Mm. <laughs> so how to, you know, just... They only have it on special occasions uh, that's for right. a reason. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it is very interesting to see what, how it all sort of flows, flows down to, you know, making a choice in a supermarket and how much that costs. But yeah, it, it I do feel that we are, you know, even though... <laughs> The last thirty days has been pretty excessive for us. It, 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 you know, compared to what it could have been if if we weren't vegan at the moment with our same behaviour. And I think that's what people need to assess. You know, when you're looking at a plant based diet versus a um a omnivore diet, then you need to look at the direct swaps in your behaviour, not based on this abstract theories and what you think not it like is. Swapping out organic non dairy milk for like the cheapest of the cheap. That's dairy right. Dairy milk. Yeah. Like if you eat frugally, like you spend frugally on, uh, you don't spend a lot on food as it is. Yeah. Then you need to look at what that would look like on a plant-based diet and how that stacks up. Mm. Or if you're, you know what I mean? Like rather than looking at Instagram and looking at all of the nice correct. foods, it's, you know, and obviously, as we mentioned before, like eating out can get quite, that adds up in itself. Yes. So, um, but did you want to talk about some tips on how like how people can save money when shopping, which we've kind of covered, but we didn't go completely all in into it? Yeah. And you've just triggered what I was trying to say before okay. as one of the, yeah, the, um, yeah, let's get into some tips and we won't look, we won't spend a lot of time on this because we, I think no. we've talked about this 
before. Today and before. Yes. Yeah. And um, and we found some great resources, some other people, some other creators, got some great examples, which we'll link to as well. And um, But, like, I hear so many people, like, because we're, we're in Australia, we're in Tasmania even, so... We have noticed that um, we don't have access to as many as many sort of supermarkets as what we we had in the mainland, and then also Aldi. Yes, there is no Aldi. So there's no Aldi here. (laughs) So we when we shopped at Aldi, would save so much more money um, than what we have available here. And Bonsoi was was cheaper in Aldi as well. Was cheaper there. It was about three dollars eighty in in Aldi. Was it actually? Yep. Oh wow! As a standard. Yep. Okay, there so you go. So there's a $1.10 right there. Yeah, but we are saving money a lot in living in Tasmania and other areas of spending, but we won't get into that. But then you've got people talking about Costco, yeah. for example, and this obscene amount of money they spend buying in bulk at a mass scale. So we're very much like hand-to-hand combat going in and buying food every week. You know what I mean? Like we're we're in there. We're like we spend a lot of time in and out of grocery stores and health food stores and bulk stores because of again, this is our job to create food. But like we're it feels like we're constantly thinking about food. Wouldn't you agree? In mm. this household. So, but if you're living more conventionally, and you're just able to have access to your Audis or your Costcos or your um, bulk food stores or and you just sh- sh- shopped in bulk and in advance, then you're going to save a lot of money, um, particularly in a plant-based diet as well. So I just wanted to say that. But um, yeah, yeah, any other quick yeah, rapid-fire I mean, tips? Honestly, like these are quite obvious things. And again, as Michael mentioned before, we have talked about this before, but just to kind of instill it a little bit more, you know, buying things in season, don't try and buy watermelon in the middle of winter because that's either going to be impossible or ridiculously expensive or imported from somewhere else, which again, will make it more expensive. Um, Buying dried legumes and that sort of thing in cans is more expensive than it is buying it in bulk. And then just generally, like, as I said before, like herbs and spices, they are an absolute ripoff in the supermarket. Hmm. Always so much more expensive. You can buy... I used to work in a, um, a bulk store um, when we lived in Canberra and I always used to be surprised how much like a full jar of dried basil was and I'd think that the scales were wrong or something. It'd be like 50 <laughs> cents for a little jar, yeah. whereas that would cost at least double or triple at least in yeah. the supermarket and you're avoiding packaging and you're getting as much as you need. You know how sometimes you just need that little bit of an ingredient that you not normally use, but you want it for a particular recipe. This is where bulk stores are amazing because you can literally go in and buy one tablespoon (laughs) or half a cup of an ingredient. Did lots of customers do that? Not not as many as I thought. Um, But there, there were people that literally rocked up with like their phone or a piece of paper with a recipe and say, okay, this is what I need for this. Yeah, right. And so you just go around and you'd buy exactly how much they needed for that one recipe, yeah. which then saves you so much money and, and waste I never as thought well. it, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. I always thought about those bulk stores. The goal is to get as much as you can yeah. <laughs> and, and to store as much as you can rather than just get what you need. But that's no, that's another way that's to save money. Massive, yeah. That's a massive selling um, proposition from those stores. It's like, I remember it being like this whole thing, buy as much or as little as you need. Yeah. 
So even if you're traveling and you come across bulk stores, yeah, you know, like I'd rather if I'm traveling somewhere, I'd, if I want a, just a couple of little snacks or something or like just enough pasta or rice or lentils just to last me like a couple of days while I'm where I am. Yep. Get it from the bulk store because then you don't have to drag all that food around with you. You get exactly how much you need. Yeah, and and look, and buying in bulk is is definitely a shift. Like I, I you know, I came from a household where you know we didn't shop that way. Like mm. if we bought in bulk, then would buy packs of things in bulk. Yeah, yeah. you know, if Which that is makes what sense. Costco is like yeah, yeah, it's more like Costco. But um, I found that like when you were really pushing and introduced that to to our lives, like. Oh, I hated it at first, like just the the, the jars and like yeah. the, the process. But now I quite enjoy it. Like yeah. I don't, you know, you know, I don't mind it at all. But like it is a bit of an adjustment to top up your own food. Mm. Um, and it, it's much more like even just from a practical perspective, looking at jars in your pantry, what's low, what's topped up. You know, I'm so you glad you got grab. the labels though. Yeah, you wanted like <laughs> yeah. If you've watched our cooking uh, videos, you probably noticed that. Marsha's super neat and she's labeled a lot of our jars so it feels it feels like we're in like a little store like you like I and you well, see I exactly label them because they look nice but also so that when I'm you know when you're cooking you know what what things oh, are oh it's so much easier yeah. yeah especially with the spices yeah you that's know true. cayenne pepper and chili it's like what's going on you know yeah, like so it's, it's just fantastic yeah 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 so I think that that's a really interesting thing where yeah as you said like people just imagine that they go into a bulk store and they buy like two three kilos of one thing but it's not necessary now and i have done the comparisons like i'll go to the supermarket and i'd look at like rice for instance that can be cheaper in the supermarket yes yeah but there i'll be probably 50 to 60 percent of other things that would be like let's say um you'd be looking at like granola or something and it looks super expensive per kilo in the bulk store but then if you're buying a packet that's like 300 grams yeah it ends up costing you much more Right. So it's just looking at the packets and the weights yeah. and then going back to the bulk store and going, okay, well, if I was to buy the equivalent of this, it would actually end up costing yeah, me Yeah, and that's money. one thing I've noticed in you. And I think maybe because one, you're just such a conscious shopper. Like you're just like you already where we live now, you know far more about the shops, what who sells what food, yeah. where at what price. Yeah. And people have lived here for years. Yeah. Already you know more. Mm. Um, you're just nerdy that way. But one thing I've noticed in your behavior is you're always looking at weights or like you're looking at um, measurements, sorry. So 100 mils, grams, etc. So you're always comparing in that way everywhere you go, mm. um, which I think because you just you're thinking per like in metric, you're thinking yeah. metrically like how does this weigh, how does this stack up in price? And I think that helps you to determine the best price. Because mm. I think, for instance, like if, and it's, and it's tricky because it seems like, you know, those lighter things, like let's say shredded coconut, for instance. Yep. Um, if you were to buy like a packet in the supermarket, it would cost you so much more than if you were to buy it in bulk. But because you're looking at the kilo price in bulk, it kind of scares you. Yeah. But how much you get for that kilo is so much more than the little puny packet in the supermarket. Yeah. So if you just look at like on each tags, I know here in Australia, I'm, I'm guessing they would in most other countries. 
in the supermarket, you look at the tag and it says how much it is, the product. And then you look at um, how much it is per 100 grams or per kilo. Mm. And so I normally like look at and it'll um, tell you like, for instance, coconut sugar is about $4 for a 200 gram bag. Mm-hmm. which then you need to times by five to get for the kilo. And if you go into the bulk store, it's about 12-ish dollars mm. per kilo. But that like per kilo, $12 sounds really expensive. Yeah. But it's actually more expensive if you were to buy it in that small packet. Yes. This is the thing. You just crunch those numbers. And that all overwhelms yeah. me. Like, you, you know, I'm like, oh, can we get some sweet potatoes? You're like, oh, that's like X amount per kilo. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what? <laughs> well, but then because you know, you can be- yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it but depends got- on what you're buying yes. as to how much. Um, like sometimes when you go into a health food store, they'll have avocados for sale per kilo over per avocado uh, yeah yeah and so i normally just ask them like oh can you tell me approximately how much this avocado costs so that i can see if it ends up being more or less and then once i have that figure in my head okay it's 16 dollars per kilo okay that kind of works out to be around the same as what i was to buy per avocado in the supermarket yeah and then and then it, it gets even more granular than than that when you start using the produce because then you start to realize that not all avocados are equal in the sense that how much avocado do you actually get yeah and how much is seed yeah and then like this and the big if thing it's organic or not if it's yeah. organic or not and the big thing for us is like we we eat a lot of lemons so it's constantly on the hunt for lemons like we probably just need to get a lemon tree but the um you know we we get lemons from people locally like just people who are selling them from their backyard and whatnot but the amount of lemon juice you get in some yeah versus others yeah it's just so significantly different yeah and i think that's another thing that we don't factor into price mm. is just the yield like not mm. just the yield in the amount of fruit or the amount of whatever it is you're buying but what it actually provides for you yeah. inside of that as well and that's a good point you actually just brought up because i didn't even think to mention that like things that you buy seasonally you can always look on like different classifieds like in australia we've got gum tree and mm. Everyone will have, if you're on Facebook, you'll have marketplace. And so people generally, when it comes to that season, they'll have excess of something and so they'll sell it off. So for instance, like for the last, I'd say three, three to five months, I've been buying lemons from locals mm. rather than the the shop that we normally buy them because I buy them at $4 a kilo, whereas in the shop, it goes between nine fifty and eleven fifty per kilo wow. for lemons, organic lemons. There you go. So it's a massive difference. Yeah. Um, Double. And yeah. And I don't want to spend that much money on lemons because again, as Michael mentioned, we use them like I have lemon juice every single morning and we use them in our cooking and dressings and stuff as well. So it's just, it's interesting once you start to break down and even just start looking at different avenues of buying your food or like there's different websites where you can buy things in bulk. And so you might want to gather your friends or your family or some or, or your community even and say, okay, well, if we buy like 10 kilos of rice, organic rice from this particular website, it'll cost per person much less. Yeah. You know, like you might want two or three kilos. It would might cost you half of how much it would cost you if you were to buy it in the bulk store or in the supermarket. Yeah. 
So there's just, there's so many different ways. And even just going to, if you go to farmer's markets, you know, obviously doing your research there and seeing who has the cheapest produce available. And even sometimes, depending on the type of market that you go to, going towards the end of the day and seeing, you know, people normally want to get rid of their produce so they'll market cheaper. So that's another way to to get things that are at a discount. You know, going to your ethnic stores as yes, well. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. generally even also produce that tend to be cheaper there yep. as well. Again, if you're not buying specifically organic. And, you know, even things like making your own plant milks, like we talked about our bonsoi. As I mentioned, I'd love to be able to make soy milk, but just the labor intensiveness of it yeah. and getting it to that point where it'll froth just as well as this one where that's the compromise we're willing to make. Yeah. But you can easily make your own coconut milk, almond milk, any nut milk, oat milk, like the options are endless and it's much, much cheaper to do it that way and that you also you avoid all of the fillers and preservatives yeah. and stuff. You just got to use it within a couple of days, that's all. But yeah. Lots of ways. Marsha, thank you for that. Gee, I feel like you could um, just go on and on with this. But um, look, I think for us, this has been fun. It's been confronting. And, um, you know, I'm definitely excited to, you know, for us just personally to see, you know, how we can. It's very obvious now. Isn't it good? I love doing these exercises because it becomes very obvious. Oh, and I forgot oh, one got, more point. Yeah, so got, yep. Growing your own produce. Oh, yes, as well. of course. If you have, and I think that's one thing that people are probably doing more so in, as time goes on. And when COVID hit, people were probably a bit nervous about having access to produce. So they were starting to grow their own and I think that's a really important thing to if you have the space to grow as much as you can yourself yes it's more labor intensive that way but I think it's really important just it's it's also therapeutic but it's really important way for you to connect to how much effort and energy goes into producing produce yeah and you just appreciate and respect it and enjoy it more when it's your own so i think that's a really healthy thing to to get into the habit you've of just doing. you've just harvested some some food that we're going to make in lunch haven't you yes yeah, so i harvested some broad beans and some uh yellow beans right. for for our lunch there you go so live yeah. example <laughs> <laughs> so yeah because like just buying the plants um and growing them like the broad beans for instance we've probably had a between four and five kilos of broad beans over the last couple of months yeah and buying those it's much much cheaper to to get them oh yeah um this way as well and like growing your own herbs if you just want them you know you don't need a whole bunch for something and you just want maybe to garnish a dish or something mm. it's it's also a great way that's a really easy thing to start growing leafy greens and herbs are the easiest thing to grow in most climates to start yeah. off with and um, build it from there good points all right cool marsha i think that's it well i did want to wrap it up yes by saying one thing is sure. um so in all of these examples that we've given comparing an omnivore diet to a vegan vegetarian diet i think it's important to remember that no matter what you eat it can be as affordable or as expensive as you want yeah so really at the end of the day veganism isn't any more expensive than any other diet i think that's the main thing isn't it right yeah i think you've you've just really hit the nail on the head there it's just probably addressing that 
perception. And living within your means at yeah, the end of the day. Yeah. That, that it is by default more expensive to be plant-based and couldn't be further from the truth. But we're not saying that it's this magic pill that's going to be suddenly much cheaper either. So yeah. it just really, as you said, it just comes down to yeah. your behavior, habits, your goals. and um, But not letting, but not, I suppose, psyching it. I think, I think the main thing is like, you know, I had recent dialogue with, with a friend Talking about this episode, like, oh, what's your next podcast episode about? Oh, we're talk- you know, we're going to break down, you know, how much we spend in a month as vegans. And, and she instantly said, like, yeah, because it's it's expensive to be vegan, isn't it? And I'm like, well, actually, that's that's why we're doing this episode. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure where this programming and conditioning yeah. has come from. I sense a bit of it is in what people want to think. Want to believe what, what so they that want they don't to believe to, to maybe justify continue eating the way that they're eating at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think there's a little bit of that in there. It's just like I want another reason to not think about trying to you know eat plant based, and um, so I sense that's part of it. But you know, I think any practical person can see that it's it can be very affordable either way. But in, in many ways, it can be even more affordable to be on a plant based diet. So yeah. Cool. cool. Well, if you have any questions for us and whether vegan or not, we'd love to know how much you spend and yeah. what kind of food that you buy. Do you buy conventional? Do you try and buy as cheap as possible? Where do you shop? Um, we'd love to, to see that premium- in the show notes. Plant milk for your coffees and <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, that will be super useful and interesting And if that includes eating out or not eating out yes. as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. I think that's everything. That's it. Yeah. So as always, guys, you can find the links to all the things that we talked about. And there's quite a bit in this episode in, in terms of Veganuary, some of our previous posts, some other examples from, from uh, for more frugal budgets on a vegan diet. Uh, we'll link all of that on our show notes, which is going to be at theminimalistvegan.com slash zero five what? Five. Zero five five. So make sure you go check that out as well. And um, theminimalistvegan.com slash podcast is where you can leave your feedback of any suggest uh, topic suggestions you'd like to hear from us in 2021. So, and this um, was actually a suggested topic. It was. Yeah. Yeah, so. it was. Um, somebody wanted to know, yeah, just how much we spend and, and how we approach that whole situation. So now you know. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Bye. Bye.